We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Race attack on watch out. Burst of speed. Look at this freshman. Welcome to the home of professional football. Canton, Ohio. Hello and welcome to another episode of the College to Canton podcast, the perfect show for any and every college football and NFL fan. I am still your host, Travis May. If you're joining us for the first time, College to Canton is a place where we talk about everything from college football recruiting to in-season college and NFL breakdowns to NFL draft coverage. And it's all about the journey from a prospect making it as a recruit all the way to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And we always talk about some fantasy football because this is a Rotoviz podcast, but we always make sure to dive into some real college football and NFL analysis too. And we're, we're keeping it current. The college football national championship is just about to wrap up. Sadly, it's not exactly a close competition that we were hoping it would be, but this is the college football national championship instant reaction special and going to break down some of the NFL draft implications outside of this game as well and into the future uh, not only just players in the game that just took place, but a few other names as well. And I'm joined by a special guest who's been on the show before, trying to make it two special guests, but one of them had to have an early bedtime, so we'll miss you, Matt. But <laughs> Matt Wispay yeah. was going to join my buddy Stefan Lico and I here, but uh, it's just going to be me and Stefan, so it should be fun talking some football and uh, obviously, Matt, uh, for those of you who listen to the Rotoviz College Football Show or have uh, heard him on this show before, Matt is an Ohio State fan, so he was uh, he probably wouldn't have been in the in the best mood right now. <laughs> anyway, but no. stay fun. Stay fun. I, I'm glad to have you back on the show. But again, you can find me on Twitter at FF underscore Travis M. And stay fun. You can find him at stay fun. Leco on Twitter. But stay fun. Welcome back, man. How you doing? 
I'm good, man. Uh, this game started out super fun, super competitive, close, exciting. I was loving every second of it, and then things got a little bit upside down. But man, uh, the fact that we're here, like we made it to the end of the season, like we got a national championship game in. I don't think there's, uh, after Ohio State took care of business against Clemson, I don't think people were uh, sweating <laughs> the fact that they got let in with only six games. Like no. they looked... They look like they deserve to be in this game. It's a it's a shame that it wasn't closer, but I'm I'm glad we got to see two of the best teams, if not the two best teams in college football on this on this big stage tonight. So yeah, super fun. And uh it's kind of sad that it's all gonna be over though, man. Yeah, I know. I, I mean I just I remember like just looking back at uh, some of the even the shows that we had on here, like one of the the big most popular episodes, with you know back in August was pandemic proof prospects talking about like how you know players that if the whole season falls apart, or if their team you know falls apart, they miss several weeks, or if they opt out, it's just all the conversations we were having about what could and couldn't happen. Uh, months ago so glad we got any college football to talk about <laughs> and watch this year uh, and okay. NFL too but just excited to kind of break this game down because it, it the first half was actually really competitive until like the very very end when uh, Devontae Smith broke out with his what third receiving touchdown in the first half and you know so dumb. <laughs> the, his 46th career receiving touchdown all time which by the way did move him into first all time among all power five conference wide receivers in college football history with 46 receiving touchdowns so i mean obviously that was probably a record that was on the bulletin board they, they wanted to, him to get that record but it just didn't matter it's like i think the the broadcaster said it and they probably said it best it's like the guy if he had like flashing red lights on his helmet it wouldn't even matter like and sark just found a way to get him open and get him open consistently and smith just burns anybody that you want to put on him especially uh sean wade or especially like slow linebackers on on what that second yeah. touchdown of his but i mean let's just kind of rewind and take it back to the beginning of that game because it, it was super competitive um ohio state did punt early uh bama did strike first with that short yardage Najee harris score but master teague actually looked really spry he didn't look you know super left and right agile but quick and fast and strong and he was hitting the hole hard and uh finding ways to uh the, the second level or at least early on in the game uh, so what right. were your thoughts with him because i mean we were all excited about trey sermon like just a week ago we were talking about trey sermon working his way into day two draft capital and then all of a sudden, first play, he's done. So Master Teague, are, are you excited about him and as far as an NFL prospect goes? I mean, I don't know. Um, not not especially. I don't think he – I mean, I, I assume he'll be back. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, it'll be interesting to see if he's able to hold off their uh, the, the, young, the young running backs they have coming in at Ohio State. I'm, I'm sure he'll get plenty of play early in the season next year, but I don't know if he'll – uh, hold on to the job or if it'll be somewhat similar to to this year where uh he gets he gets overtaken okay as we're talking they're storming they're storming the field here they did yeah. it just happened they the won it just oh man 52 24 that, that's it sorry matt i'm so sorry yeah, yeah i'm not huge i'm not a huge uh master t guy i was bummed that we didn't get to see trey sermon i was curious what he'd be able to do against this um alabama defense uh their defense showed up strong though uh they did not give up much running 
Um, I mean, you, you mentioned a couple of touchdowns uh, for, for Master Teague, but they were, you know, those bruising runs right up the middle. They couldn't get a whole lot going. Justin Fields was able to cut loose on a couple of big scrambles. But um, for the most part, they they really held this team in check. And I, I don't know if uh, if Sermon makes a whole lot of a difference or, or not. Uh, yeah. It's hard to know that because we didn't get to see him at all in this game. I think he got injured the first play and he stayed in for one or two other plays, but he was out so soon. And yeah, it was just, just a shame that we didn't get to see that. But yeah, as far as Master T goes, um, as of right now, he's not someone that I'm looking to acquire in, in Debbie or anything like that. Yeah, and I'm not really either. I do like him, I guess, because he's from the Middle Tennessee area. You know, I'm in the Nashville area here. He's actually from one of the burbs here, Murfreesboro in town. And so, you know, he's a he's kind of our, our town hero, one of one of a few. Oh, nice. <laughs> so, you know, he was supposed to make it. He was supposed to be the the the, the really solid running back. Uh, for Ohio State in, in, a, in a very stacked recruiting class when he first got there. And it just never really came to fruition. He never really looked like he was super agile. Uh, he was strong right. and fast. Uh, but but really, he will have to hold off uh, Ohio State. For those that love recruiting, Ohio State is bringing in two other guys that are either five stars or on the fringe of being a five-star prospect at the running back position. And Travion Henderson, who's a little bit smaller than Master Teague. I mean, he's I don't even think he's 200 pounds. And then Evan Pryor, another all-purpose back. Both of them are top 100 recruits overall, according to the 24-7 uh, sports composite. But th- those guys are definitely going to push him. I-, I-, I would imagine he returns because he definitely just didn't really have a complete season that he needed to coming off of an Achilles injury. Uh, but uh, that's probably enough about Master Teague. It would have been really exciting to see more of Trey Sermon because he had just yeah. been on such a tear. You said something before we even started recording, though. I mean, as the game started to progress and we saw more and more of Najee Harris just is showing what he could do not only as a runner but that that receiving touchdown uh was just bonkers i mean like he would the way yeah, he the whole play was insane stayed in bounds like shed tackles diving across the goal line and then Devonte smith continued to find the end zone in in, in all sorts of ways and, and just open against man against zone whatever they tried to do to bracket and stop Devonte smith it did not work and so what just you i want to hear it out of your mouth what did you say as it pertains to Najee Harris and Devontae Smith right before we started recording. Yeah, well, I think, like, super flex aside, if you look at, like, the the, the skilled position players, coming into the season, I mean, everyone had Etienne and, and Jamar Chase as their, their kind of their one-two, and I really think that this Alabama duo has, has surpassed them. Like, to me, I don't necessarily know what order you want to go in. Like, if you're in a, if if, if you're stacked in one position, go the op- opposite. But to me, uh, it's Najee Harris and and Smith are are the one two, and I I am shocked to hear myself say that. I was not a Najee Harris uh, truther at all when the season started, but I have just been so impressed by his role in the passing game. Uh, not only as a receiver, which I think has been absolutely incredible some of the catches he made even just tonight but just watching him all year he's been so solid very few drops he knows what to do with the football after he catches it he he's great you know with his his yak and then i mean heisman winner demonta smith i need i say more the dude is a beast like he was breaking records in the, in the first half of this game uh i'm curious what would have happened if he would have gotten to play the whole thing but it wasn't just tonight it was the whole season he's just been um absolutely incredible the fact that like if you were looking at player props for touchdowns you were getting 
negative juice on them scoring two plus uh, two touchdowns tonight. <laughs> like if you wanted to have plus money, you needed to be betting three touchdowns for each of these jokers. Like that's unbelievable. These guys just they're they're on a different level. Uh, it's I'm not a huge Bama fan. Uh, in fact, I don't like Alabama all that much. Yeah, but these two players are are special. Yeah, and, and I, it's funny. I mean, you mentioned uh, the Superflex ranks being able to start more than one quarterback in fantasy. I mean, that does change ranks quite a bit. But in one quarterback kind of, I don't know if we call it standard or not anymore in fantasy football leagues, it's hard hard to see either of these guys dropping outside of what the top five especially in a class right. that that has is well at the very least questionable this NFL draft class at the very least questionable in terms of its depth at the running back position and then there are actually uh, some other older guys in this class as well that you might I mean that's going to be the knock for both of these guys right uh, Devonte Smith sure. is you know he turned 22 in November whatever uh, and and so he stayed and and stayed for his fourth year and I know that I've had guests on the show if you've heard me talk about the analytics behind hit rates coming out Early players that come out earlier tend to have a higher hit rate. I mean, just common sense wise, it makes sense. Like the good players that are good enough to go out do so. And and if they get the draft capital on top of that, tend to hit at a higher rate than players that stayed for the fourth year. Because in many cases, the players that stayed for the fourth year weren't good enough to come out after their junior season, after their third season out of high school. But I think, I mean, you and I are on the same page. I think uh, Devontae Smith would have been a really good NFL player. Had he come out last year and he was already, I think people forget, but he was already dominating with two other first rounders on his team, maybe three other first rounders on his team. He was the lead dog last year overall in terms of receiving yard market share and everything for Alabama. So yes, he didn't hit the the 30% dominator rating threshold that us nerds like to see, but he, he did actually pretty much dominate to the extent that the, that the Alabama offense would have let him uh, with the pieces around him uh, in the two years prior to this season. So I, I just don't really have many questions. Uh, there are going to be a bunch of detractors with his BMI. Uh, and I mean, you already see that getting talked up on Twitter if you hang out on, on fantasy football Twitter. But I mean, there's almost no. Which we do. Yeah, yeah. We, you and I do. Maybe not all of our listeners do, but th- there's just going to be a lot of noise about his size as there has been ever since he was even in high school. I still remember yeah. hi- highlights from I don't know if it was the All American game. I can't remember which which of the high school essentially high school bowl games or All Star games he was in. But he got like thrown out of bounds a couple times in that game because he was so freaking tiny. And and other players that are in those games in many cases were a little bit more developed. Yet by the end of his freshman year, uh, he was trusted so much by by Nick Saban by Tua Tagovailoa that. He was the guy on the receiving end of the winning touchdown in that national championship season for Bama four years ago. Yeah. Uh, yes, the size, there are going to be questions. Yes, he's older, but he's going to be a top 10 NFL draft pick at this point. He has every record you could pretty much imagine for power five wide receivers. He's going to have the speed. He's not going to have a four, three, five speed or any, anything like that, but he's going to have a four, four, nine or four, five, one or something that, and it's going to be okay. Like he's going to meet the method minimum threshold. If we do have an NFL combine this year, if there was any question as to, or hesitation with Harris or, or Smith for you, what would it be for them that stands out? Yeah, I mean, I mean, the the only hesitation, and I, I think it's laughable, honestly, to bring it up is is a uh, Smith's size. Like, yeah, like he he's 
smaller and still what, what's going to happen in the NFL if he runs across the middle and gets hit by a massive linebacker moving at the speed of light. Like, I mean, that's <laughs> yeah. going to be a problem. Might be but an I'll issue. take my chances with him, you know? Like, I mean, that, that one play in the first, I mean, obviously the first half he didn't play the second, but where he's on the sideline and he just stretches out to make that ridiculous catch. Like, yep. He's still you really long. And then you, he's got the length. Yeah. Yeah. So. He has the length. He has the hands. Like, he he doesn't he doesn't mess around with trying to catch with his body, which you know is is dangerous for a wide receiver because it bounces off your chest pads or or your shoulder pads or whatever, and and it's hard to control it. He catches it with his hands. He is a fantastic route runner. Like when when you are the number one alpha receiver on your team, you just won the Heisman and you're still getting that open. It's not because they forgot about you. It's not because they're not trying to cover you. It's because you're doing a great job getting open, and yeah. that translates to the NFL. And I, I think, sure, offenses and defenses are different at the next level. But to me, the, the skill set that he brings will translate. Najee Harris, my, my only fear with him is with a lot of these running backs from Alabama, I mean, Derrick Henry aside, you see kind of um, when they get to the next level, they've got a lot of wear and tear uh, yeah. playing in the SEC and getting as much work as they do at the college level, just what, what that will translate. But I think, you know, I think we're going to get a, a solid three four years out of him for sure yeah uh, and so it, i had no hesitation yeah and with him like with running backs especially the argument there is well even though even beyond just the hit rate argument for older running backs and i don't think i'm not worried about Najee harris not hitting but in terms of dynasty fantasy football leagues uh a lot of people are concerned about that age cliff or at least the mm-hmm. age cliff in terms of fantasy football tradable asset kind of value goes in in super nerdy leagues that we like to play in and so I understand that, but I mean, to, to knock him in a season where he's going to finish with like 9% receiving yard market share as a running back who's 230 pounds and can hurdle guys that are like half his size. It's just, I don't really have many questions with a player like that uh, yeah. when he, when he finishes, finishes just checking so many boxes. But I personally do, I think I am going to try to not overreact with, with recency bias and say that Travis Etienne is still my number one. And I think it has to do with the fact that he was essentially the wide receiver two for the Clemson Tigers this year. I mean, he, right. he was, he right. was, he didn't, he didn't clean it up as uh, as a rusher uh, in a couple of key spots, like against Ohio state against Notre Dame the first time, especially. Uh, but overall, I mean, we're, we're going to knock this guy and he had a 1500 yards from scrimmage season. <laughs> like well, I, I think that's a really good point. If you put Etienne on this Alabama offense with, that oh. wide receiver core where safeties yeah. have to send back and linebackers are cheating back. Like what is he going to do? I mean, Etienne's playing with, I mean, Cornell Powell undrafted. And, yeah. Uh- We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. 
That's indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Uh, Amari Rogers as the one and two wide receivers? Yeah, like maybe it, day three. It, yeah, it's like, yeah. it's not the normal Clemson wide receiver core. So, right. Yeah. Right. So it's, it is, I think that's a really good point, And that's a, a very fair point. I think for me in, in drafts that happen pre-draft, I'm with you. I'll probably lean. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what I'll do. Um, <laughs> but I think, I think landing spot is going to really be the differential yeah. between these two guys. I think so too. I think so too. And before we uh, kind of go on, on the back end here and wrap up the show after just a few more names uh, that we want to get to here and a couple questions as to maybe the combine and d- declare dates and stuff like that. Just a word from our sponsors. Look, no one's perfect. Even the best baseball players strike out with the bases loaded. The best golfers sometimes three putt with the tournament on the line. So if you feel like you come up short in the bedroom sometimes, it's perfectly okay. But if it's bothering you, there are options. Go to GetRoman.com slash RotoViz now. With Roman, you get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A U.S. licensed healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication's appropriate, it ships to you free with two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward and discreet. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com slash RotoViz and complete an online visit. Take care of your ED without leaving home. Complete an online visit today to connect with a doctor and take care of it. Go to GetRoman.com slash RotoViz now to get $15 off your first month. Look, there's a straightforward way to take care of your ED. GetRoman.com slash RotoViz. Get started now to save $15 on your first month of treatment. Hey everyone, I want to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community discord and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks and on top of that we'll help you get your show pushed out to apple spotify google stitcher and all other listening platforms and the best part is you can get all of this for only 15 dollars a month the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you just for the initial setup so whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that you want to grow hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports experience acceptance into the program is limited so get your application in today to apply go to bwhustle.com join check out the description box for this episode to find out more but that's bwhustle.com join also, if you like getting a leg up on all of your fantasy football league mates, you're into some numbers-based analysis, or want to get some content from some of the best in the industry, uh, you can go to rotoviz.com and check out all the content we have there. And you can get a 10% discount off your next subscription with the promo code RVRADIO2021 to take advantage of all of the awesome content we have there. We have some of the best tools in existence, breaking down every player's stats, that are entering the NFL, that are already in the NFL, definitely check out rotoviz.com if you haven't already and use the promo code RVRADIO2021 to get 10% off your next subscription. Uh, loving this conversation. Thanks thanks for joining me, Stefan. Just uh, give, give you know this instant reaction. 
we haven't really even mentioned the name Mac Jones yet. We've talked just crazy about Devontae Smith, spent probably way too long on Master Teague and, and Najee Harris. <laughs> we'll get to Ohio State, but before we do get to Ohio State, Mac Jones is a guy that I just feel like he's constantly dis- disrespected, you know, because because he was a backup uh, and couldn't break onto the field when he was competing with, oh, you know, Jalen Hurts and Tua Tungabailua, both of which, you know, <laughs> Our current starters for their team, like right now in the in the NFL, like guys that were monsters at the collegiate level. Uh, Jalen Hurts with two different teams was a monster at the collegiate level. But when you really break down Mac Jones, I mean, he didn't. I, I think I tweeted out at one point, you know, he's going to toss 600 yards in the game. He didn't quite get to 600 yards, but Mac Jones, he just he's just Mister No Bad Games. Like that's that's his nickname for me. Like he's if you look back at his entire college body of work he's just never had a bad game and in fact the only game he's ever lost was against Auburn last year and actually that was the only game that you could maybe kind of squint and say okay that wasn't a perfect game he actually had two picks that game but he also had four scores and like 400 yards as well like he had a really good game outside of a couple throws and that I mean it's just when you you can nitpick but really when we get down to it we're looking at a guy with uh, exactly a an, an eight to one touchdown to interception ratio for his career, uh, a guy that finished this season with thirteen adjusted yards per, per pass attempt this year, which is oh you know just one hundredth percentile among all quarterbacks in college football history. I mean even if you adjust for modern modern you know pass heavy systems, like he was still supremely efficient. Okay, he had great weapons. But like by every single measure, analytically speaking, like adjusted completion percentage at different depths, uh, maybe he wasn't uh, Joe Burrow-esque, he wasn't Trevor Lawrence-esque, he wasn't even Justin Fields-esque, but a guy that just has consistently dominated and just never loses and, and, and completely just puts the ball in, in the right guy's hands at the right place in the exact bread basket that he needs to put it in. I don't know why people aren't more excited about Mac Jones. He should be way, a lot of people are still going to leave this game and go, you know what, Mac Jones is still QB6 in this class. And I know it's a really good class, but that's 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 just rude, <laughs> right? Yeah. No, it's, it, I actually wanted to ask you about this because it's confusing to me. I have to be honest, I, I used to really love uh, the Hurricanes and uh, Dorsey was like, the ultimate winner, you know, like he like never lost games and went to the NFL and was like average. So the win loss thing, I, I can't use that solely as an argument, but you're bringing up a lot of really good points. I mean, the dude is awesome. Um, he's had just a phenomenal year. He's, he's, he's thrown 36 touchdowns to four interceptions to your point. Like he has a 77% um, passing completion. Like he's through over 4,000 yards. I think the knock against him is what that he has great wide receivers. Like, why are we holding that against him? Like, yeah, yeah. he made like John Mechie, like when in the second half, like he was working with an injured Jalen Waddle, John Mechie and Billingsley. And he and, was and still some dude producing. named Slade Bolden, which I mean, I, I I say that kind of disrespectfully. I know who that guy is. It's just like he's not right. he's he's like a college I, wide receiver for for a reason. I liked on the broadcast. I said the bearded slot receiver. <laughs> it's so good. But like, oh, man, like. I feel like it's unfair to knock him because he has a Heisman winning wide receiver. Like that's not, it's not his fault that he's yeah. getting the ball to Devonta Smith. Like that's exactly what he should be doing. Yeah. It's not his fault that he's throwing perfect strikes to Jalen Waddle running wide open past the secondary earlier this year. Like, so, so I wanted to hear your, your take on him. I mean, like I, I prefer him over 
over Trask, personally. Definitely. Um, I've got Mac Jones over him. Trey Lance, I haven't seen enough to be able to trust him. Right. Whether we're talking about fantasy football in your in your rookie drafts or we're talking about a, a real-life NFL team drafting a quarterback, give me the dude who I just watched win a national championship. Give me a guy who's got a track record beating SEC competition over some dude playing in North Dakota. Yeah, and, and I think just analytically speaking, what I said before, like his profile this year, it wasn't Joe Burrow, it wasn't Trevor Lawrence, it wasn't Justin Fields, but if you put his profile next to anyone else in like the past, you know, five or six years, like maybe Baker Mayfield's profile was kind of bonkers, Kyler Kyler Murray's was kind of bonkers in his final year, but anybody else, like it's it's no question, like he's up there, like this year, analytically speaking, he has the third best profile. Does he have the the best arm strength? Does he have the the best mobility? The answer to that is no. And so I think uh, the the ceiling and, and the NFL ceiling that they always shoot for and the, the traits that they chase after, they're, they're going to go after guys like Zach Wilson. They're going to go after guys like Trey Lance because of the potential. But sure. I think that Mac Jones is probably the third safest quarterback in the class because of how he's done it, who he's done it against, and how consistently he's done it and just shown to be an, an elite level producer. And what Alabama has, what, nine instances, I think, of, of 400 yards in uh, passing in, in a game. And Mac Jones has four of those. Like, <laughs> like that's just stupid. Like, and they're all this season. Uh, he's just yeah. uh, game and against, after game. And one of them's against Georgia, who's like a really good defense. Uh, right. <laughs> like, and, and uh, well, I guess, well, no, sorry. He actually just did it again today. I wasn't even counting today. So right, he's got right. five. So he, he has like half of the all-time Alabama football program examples of throwing over 400 yards passing in a game. And I know it's just a raw stat, but he just completely pounds people into the ground. And even even like in the first half, like he just takes the foot off the pedal in the national championship game. The game is over after three quarters. And, and people want to, you know, maybe maybe somebody's going to nitpick and say, well, he did fumble. Well, dude, but leading up to that fumble, he was 13 of 15 for 140 yards and a score already. And, and that, they was, were, that was the, his first career <laughs> lost fumble right like, that is insane that's insane <laughs> yeah and so all he does is slice up decent defenses every single week and i don't care like who he was doing it with i mean even this year it was mainly just Devonte smith he's he's that dude so i i think yeah he's the third safest quarterback he's not my qb3 but he's probably my quarterback four and i'm lower on zach wilson than most but really at this point i have five guys that deserve to be going in round one at quarterback you got trevor lawrence justin fields Trey Lance, Mac Jones, and Zach Wilson. And Kyle Trask is probably not there anymore. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw all five of those guys go in like the top 36 picks. I can't remember which draft it was. It was the Kaepernick year. Uh, there, were, there were, I think, six guys drafted in the first 36 picks. We could see something exactly right. like that this year. And it wouldn't. I don't think it would surprise just about anybody that kind of follows this very closely. But Mac no, Jones, especially, just, when, yeah. especially when you see like like teams like Green Bay and Philadelphia jumping in early to get backup quarterbacks. Yeah. Now we see what that has done in Philadelphia. <laughs> like head coach just got fired because they don't know what to do with Carson Wentz now that Jalen Hurts is playing well. But to your point, I wouldn't be surprised if we see all these guys go. No. You know, in the first round and a half. Yeah. Or less, like you're saying. Not at all. I mean, especially because uh, after that, I think there's an absolute chasm. A drop off at quarterback. I think you know I, we we don't typically see more than like five or six go in day one and day two, but we could see like you know six guys, six of these quarterbacks go in the top thirty six, and then there not be a quarterback picked until round five. 
Like, like that's. You don't think KJ Costello's a, a round two pick? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, no, I, I, I don't. Uh, and I know some people like Jamie Newman uh, and what he did at Wake Forest a couple seasons ago. That was really impressive. They, it was a weird scheme. I, I like his raw ability. I guess I was high on Desmond Ritter. I think he's officially gone. Just gone on to say he's going back now uh, for Cincinnati. Uh, so I think you know he's going to be uh, really high next year. Uh, but um, yeah. yeah, I think that the chasm after might have some teams reaching even more so, and it, it wouldn't be absolutely insane. Like I said, I don't know six months ago to see six first round quarterbacks. I think that's still on the table, but Kyle Trask has kind of uh, forced his way out of that conversation with how he ended the season. But still, Mac Jones just gets no love, and I don't understand it. I I just can't fathom like not having Mac Jones with a top fifty grade. It just wouldn't make any sense to me. But I agree with uh, with Ohio State, though. I mean, because Chris Olave obviously didn't have a super efficient game. Uh, he he has come on and, and dominated in stretches this year, though. He is one of the only names that hasn't uh, officially declared yet, at least as of the, this recording. He may even tomorrow morning or in the post game even just come out and say, yeah, I'm actually declaring for the NFL draft, uh, especially because the deadline is coming up. But what are your thoughts on Olave? I, I, I talked to uh, Thor last week, and he's higher on Olave. But is Olave in the first round discussion if he declares for you? Uh, are you talking about first round for the NFL draft? NFL or draft, round yeah. For in a, NFL draft. I think he'll go in the first round uh, in NFL draft. If, if we have a combine, I think he's going to be uh, electric. I yeah. think he's going to put on a show. Maybe not with all of his times, but I think uh, like maybe not his his straight line speed. Uh, but in general, I think he's going to put on a clinic and be very impressive. The dude was targeted nine times today. He he hauled in eight of those for, for yeah. receptions. He he is like a fly trap. Like he just he just is <laughs> a vacuum cleaner that sucks in the football. Like the dude is impressive. I have been maybe talking to Matt uh, Wispay, uh, my co-host, a bit too much. He's a huge Olave <laughs> fan, so I am yeah. probably uh, a little bit brainwashed by that. <laughs> um, yeah. But uh, I'm, a, I'm a big fan. Um, I mean, there's a lot of skill position players, tight ends included, that are, are going to go pretty high this year. So maybe that pushes him early second round. It's, it's always kind of hard to tell. But to me, he's a first round talent. And I think he could be, uh, maybe this is a hot take. I think he could be like a Ju- Justin Jefferson type um, as far as impact as a rookie. Where, I mean, Justin Jefferson, what he's doing is, uh, what, what, what he did, I should say, was very unique. But I think Olave can have that same type of presence on a football field because he is he, he probably won't be one of the first three receivers taken, uh, but he's going to end up in a good spot with a good team because yeah. I think he will go later in the draft yeah. um, or in the rounds. And so I think he could find himself in a position to succeed and uh, and actually put up some really good numbers as a rookie. Yeah, I think this this class is a big tier that Chris Olave falls in. That it's like, hey, he could sneak into the back of the first round in NFL draft and in rookie drafts because there's like five or six names yeah. in there, and he does have an earlier breakout than I guess uh, Devontae Smith did uh, did technically. And I think I mentioned that before, but um, yeah, I, I'm I'm definitely high on him. But I'm higher on Garrett Wilson even. So as a true freshman, he was. It was basically him, David Bell, and George Pickens that absolutely blew up in terms of Power 5 true freshman production last year. Pickens kind of had an inconsistent year until JT Daniels came on. David Bell had, had had a lot of fun before Rondell Moore came back into the fold. But Garrett Wilson has been that dude all season long. And I, I, it was 
I can't remember which drive it was, but he kicked off the drive with some fancy footwork on the sideline and then capped it off with a touchdown in the national championship game as a sophomore. I mean, he's only a second year player, got a true, you know, sophomore breakout season, uh, almost met some thresholds for that last year. uh, If you use 20% as a threshold, especially, but Garrett Wilson is that dude. He's a technician. Uh, and he was, yeah. I mean, just from a recruiting standpoint, he was the wide receiver one in his recruiting class. And so he's he's living up to that hype. So if they can have a quarterback that can get, that can get him the ball next year, I think he's going to be the wide receiver one for 2022. Uh, are you there or do you have Pickens or somebody else over Wilson right now for 2022? Ooh, that's tough. I was not huge on Pickens because he just started off so slow and I felt like it was uh, the... Tamori and Terry effect where I was super high and then yeah. all of a sudden there's no production. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he, like you said, he, 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 he uh, started producing later on. The thing that impresses me with Wilson is his ability to track the football in the air. And you yeah. saw that on that touchdown pass where, oh, man. you know, he, he's running that route and he looks back behind him and he sees a ball and he's able to adjust and, and come under it. We saw that last week against Clemson as well. Uh, he's just uh, unreal in that. Like, I don't know if you know this, Travis. You were speaking to uh, the MVP of the Dutch. I play. I played football for the Dutch. The Dutch league um, back in college, and uh, I won MVP <laughs> as a wide receiver. And nice. one of so the I'm... most difficult things to do as a wide receiver is track <laughs> that ball when it's coming over your head and you're looking up and behind you and you're still trying to run full speed. Yeah. Trying to track that and catch the ball while positioning yourself to stay in bounds is really, really tough. Yeah. And he just does it with ease. He makes it look and, dumb. He makes it look super easy. Yeah. And, and it is so difficult. So I think if the quarterback situation with CJ Stroud is what we think it's going to be, and and he's able to deliver the football in any kind of, uh, and, and with day there, I'm sure they'll be able to figure it out. Yeah. I would bet like he'd be the odds on favorite to be the number one wide receiver in my opinion, yeah, because I think so. he's going to be set up to succeed. Yeah. If, if you're not selected in the draft ahead of him, of course. Right. Right. Well, you know, I, I don't know. If, uh, <laughs> or it might be me. It might be me. Nine year old. <laughs> Because <laughs> I, I actually Old have, the, <laughs> I actually have the second most uh, receiving touchdowns career in my uh, church rec flag football league. Yep. So, <laughs> of course you do. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. Yeah, I am. Um, I'm. I'm a huge Wilson fan. I think he's really special. I think Micah Pittman could push him for it though from Oregon. But other than that, yeah, that, that's a little bias coming from a Ducks <laughs> fan. <laughs> but, oh, oh man, but. Sure. Anybody that wasn't in this uh, this championship game that uh, is kind of like your guy in this class. I mean, I, I definitely have a few names that I'm super excited about, especially now that we've kind of seen most everyone that, that's going to declare that really matters for fantasy football purposes uh, has. Uh, do you have any flag plant guys you just want to be like, hey, on this podcast, January 11th, I said flag plant this guy. I was oh, right. Oh, man. For next year? No, well, no, for, for 2021 or beyond, but 2021 especially. Oh, man, I don't know. I, I'm still so wrapped up in this year. I uh, I haven't even really thought about, like, some of the guys. I mean, some of the some of the names aren't even good. Some of the guys I'm most excited about won't even be eligible next year. Um, they're like some of these freshman guys that I've just fallen in love with that I think will be uh, super dynamic. I mean, actually, like one of the guys that I'm most excited about is someone you turned me on to, like you're running back over an Auburn tank. Oh, Bixby, yeah. 
I'm super excited uh, to see what he can do. Given the opportunity already as a freshman, just seeing what he's going to do next year is going to be super exciting. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Uh, off the top of my head, I I have to think about it. Give me a couple seconds to yeah, think about it. 2021. I wanted to ask you about Justin Fields. Do you sure. think if he would have put on a clinic like he did against Clemson, do you think he could have challenged Trevor Lawrence for that number one overall pick in the NFL draft? Yeah, I think if he would have put up another stupid six you know, six touchdown performance, he would have been right there. But I think people are going to be like, "Oh, well, see, I was right about him and Zach Wilson's quarterback." Two. No, uh, he uh, Justin Fields has been the quarterback two uh, for this draft class since he was 16 years old. Trevor Lawrence has been the quarterback one in this draft class since he was 16 years old. Like, I mean, and even like there, depending on uh, how you weight their. Uh, what what uh, recruiting service you use like fields even ended up like either right tied with him or even above Lawrence so these guys have been battling back and forth for five years now we've known for a long time it was one two punch no matter how you slice it no one else no matter what is going to get in that conversation and nothing's changed he has like all the raw raw tools of Deshaun like Deshaun Watson except maybe some better raw, like arm talent <laughs> like he's been mm-hmm. kind of challenged in some big games but his prospects go like he's he's near perfect. He's still he's still two for me. Yeah, I was the the only thing I was, and I, you gave me some time to think. I've got a couple of names for you. Uh, they're not super uh, surprising, probably. But my my one fear was that he was going to ball out. I'm a so I'm a Seahawks fan first and foremost because <laughs> I lived in Seattle. But as a kid, I was in Jacksonville like for their inaugural season. So I've like kind of been a Jaguars fan for a long time. <laughs> yeah, and so I was like, oh shit. What if Justin Fields balls out and we go after Justin Fields instead of Trevor Lawrence? Like, yeah, am I am I okay with that? I don't know. I don't know. I was I was kind of freaking out about it. I was getting <laughs> in my own head. Yeah, um, I st- I still just want I just want uh, Jason from the Good Place. I don't know if you watch that show. Like, yes. I just yeah. want them to have like a special yeah. where they have him like in full Jags painted body mode. Like whatever, like I want him to announce the pick at the NFL draft. I like, oh, just yell out Lawrence so or Fields, like you know, in, the, oh. in his old Jason oh, voice. That would be so good. That would be amazing. But yeah, so who yeah. are who your guys for 2021 that you're flag planting on? So a name that I'm curious about because he was the guy I flag planted earlier this year, and then he opted out super early in the year because he he and uh, Coach Leach didn't get along very well, and that's one running back, Kylan Hill. Still really curious, and I'm afraid if there's not a, a combine, I'm afraid what might happen mm. to his draft capital yeah. uh, if he's able to really do much. But in the one in the one game he played, uh, because he then got injured and didn't play after that LSU victory, he was received like he 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 really showed a lot as a receiver out of the backfield. So Colin Hill is definitely a guy that I'm super curious in for this upcoming year. Not exactly sure what to expect though. I just don't know if if he's going to have the draft capital. But if he's given the opportunity, um, I think he could be. I think he could be dynamic nice. um, from the tight end position. I'm going to throw you a curveball here. This He is not my tight end one, but Brevin Jordan did announce or did declare for the draft yeah. earlier. Uh, yes, he did. And uh, I'm super interested in him. He was actually, before the season started, my tight end one. And then after just seeing Kyle Pitts dominate, I had to, <laughs> I had to make some adjustments. But I do think Brevin Jordan will be a, a, a specialist in the NFL as a, a receiving tight end. And, and that's what they're going to be using him as, as a, a large slot receiver. And I think he'll be able to do something special. Uh, those two guys I'm really excited wow. about. And then um, uh, the other guy uh, that that I, I like a lot is the receiver from um, 
Oklahoma State, and I'm forgetting his name. Tylen Wallace. Wallace, right? Yeah, yeah. Tylen Wallace. Uh, I don't know why I forgot his name for <laughs> a second. Fart. There, but Wallace. <laughs> I, I think he's going to be fun, man. I again, like talking about these guys that could fall a little bit just because there's so much, um, there's so much talent uh, at the wide receiver position this year. But I think Tylen Wallace, if he ends up in a position at, at a team that 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 can use him as a wide receiver two, wide receiver three. Uh, I think he could be really, really fun. Something like maybe like what Michael Pittman has been this year, where given the opportunity is that third wide receiver can really be like what, what Pittman did with the Colts. I, I could see Wallace doing that on a team where he's uh, productive to start, maybe um, coming in behind a, a, a vet and then kind of takes over as the year goes on. Uh, but Tylen Wallace, I think has, you know, he battled uh, some injuries this year. Um, not only his injuries, but injuries with their offensive line. Their uh, their quarterback was injured for a while, so yeah, there was a lot he was he was battling against. But I think Tylen Wallace could be a lot of fun. So so those three guys, um, Tylen Wallace, maybe a little bit of a deeper cut, but uh, no, I like those guys a lot. I think this, this I think he. I mean, he's always in the when he's healthy and he's got a decent quarterback. He's in the Bletnikoff conversation every year, he, and he's another guy who is a little bit older. <laughs> so analytically speaking, he's going to be in a bit of players that might have a lower hit rate just across the board. But man, he's been really good. Uh, and efficient as a deep threat. Uh, but last question, and then we'll kind of wrap up here and uh, call it a call it a show. But uh, with the potential for no combine happening, that the rumors are swirling here in the last few days that hey, we might not have might not have this. How is that going to change? I mean, you mentioned it with Kylan Hill, but in your process, uh, how is that going to change things this year? Are you just going to be more trusting of draft capital, or, or what? What are you doing? Is that going to impact it at, at all? Well, I mean, I'm. I'm not sure on this. Maybe you've heard, but I'm, I'm guessing that we'll still have, we won't have the official combine, but universities will still put on their own type of showcase days where their yeah, guys are going out there in their shorts and doing their thing. So I'm guessing a lot more stock is going to be put in that than is usual. And I know that those are never like official times or whatever, because uh, you're not controlling the clock. The guy, <laughs> the guy sitting at the stadium is, uh, but I feel like there'll be a lot more weight on that. I think there'll be a lot more weight on, production over someone's 40 time or their yeah. own time or whatever. And, to and that's me, how it should be, be really. Sure. I mean, look at DK Metcalf. I mean, like he got, he got bumped down so much because he couldn't do that cone drill, you know, right. and, and he's out there dominating in the NFL. Like, so I think maybe we'll see some of that where people will look kind of at like, well, what did you do on the field? What were you able to do uh, from a production level? But I would be bummed because I love the combine, man. I think it's so fun, and I think it's an opportunity for guys who were at these smaller schools who didn't get as much um, airtime or didn't get as much look to to really make a name for themselves. So it would be a real shame, and especially this year with as many opt-outs as there's been. These guys have been – like we talked about it before. Like these guys have been training. Like they were opting out so they could train and get ready for the combine specifically. And if they don't have that, it's going to really – it could really – um, jeopardize some of their uh, draft stock. A guy like Jamar Chase, he'll be fine. I mean, he probably won't be the number one wide receiver drafted anymore, uh, but but he'll still be fine. But these other guys who weren't walking in here with um, you know like a slam dunk A plus grade, it's going to be tough for them to uh, to to get that uh, to get that higher round pick, and they're going to really have to work to uh, to stay on a roster after cuts are being made in the uh, in the preseason. Yeah, and not to mention, like when when it was first when the combine was originally established, it was a, a lot of it had to do with just teams getting a good medical look at these players too. So I mean, mm. like, there's so many missing pieces 
just medically speaking, I mean, like even scouts and, and, and I mean, I've been in discussions with different people that normally have access to teams and, and throughout the year and they just haven't this year. So there's yeah. so many missing pieces for all these NFL teams. And I, I wonder if it's, if we'll see more teams move to, Hey, I know we normally look at the 40 yard dash time, but I know that the 49ers and a few other teams actually use, uh, I, I can't remember like, like the actual on field, like spatial, like they'll actually, they have software that helps them analyze players and, and movements on the field. And, and have tape to track the actual miles per hour and acceleration on field already, that, that exists. So I wonder if more teams will embrace that type of approach. For instance, Brandon Ayuk was like a 4-5 guy at the Combine, but I, I think it was um, some, somebody on the coaching staff of the 49ers actually said, hey, he actually was one of the fastest players on tape that, that we measured. Uh, and so I wonder if more teams will, will take advantage of different you know modern software this year than ever. So and that's just something us as fans and, and, and people that are kind of on the outside looking in won't have access to that. So I wonder how many head-scratching moves we'll see that we just don't normally see in a draft because a team just is is using a different set of information than they normally do. So it'll be, it'll be interesting. I, we're always going to have yeah. to trust the draft capital. Uh, we're always going to have to trust production profiles of these players to, to give us a glimpse at you know, the, their percentage chance of hitting. But it's going to be tough if we don't have a it's combine. This year is going to be weird, and then next year is going to be weird because we're going to have people staying an extra year yeah. because they get an extra year of eligibility in college because of COVID. And so these two years, we're going to have to kind of throw out some of our like some of what we use for our trends and stuff like that oh, because it's or going to be hard to know. An asterisk there on <laughs> on this yeah. year and next because it's it's going to be a weird couple of years when it comes to prospect analysis and, and hit rates uh, as as that goes, but. But man, Stefan, I really appreciate your time coming on, just talking about the national championship game and some other names and this whole process as we head into draft season. I know the NFL season is still going for uh, eight teams, at least. My Titans were sadly eliminated this past weekend. Yeah, so we can kind of mourn together. Uh, But we'll get back to some more NFL kind of playoff playmakers analysis here soon on the show. Uh, But we're really just about to dive head on into NFL draft season here soon. So thanks again for joining me for another College to Kenton podcast. If you have any questions, leave it in a review. You can, yeah, a lot of people have, have been good about reaching just directly to me out uh, to Twitter. If you have questions, I'd be glad to answer there. You can find me at FF underscore Travis M. You can find Stay Fun at Stay Fun Laco. And that is L-A-K-O, by the way. Stay Fun Laco. Je- definitely check out his podcast with Matt, the guy that sadly could not join us this evening. Uh, the Road of His College Football Show. That's on the Road of His Radio as well. I still can't believe that the, the college football season's over. But... Ah. Uh, uh, it's just, but, but Debbie and Dynasty is just beginning, I know, man. Yeah, I know. So much more. So much more to look forward to. And so, listeners, I just want to say thank you for joining me on the show this college and NFL season. But I look forward to you joining me soon for many more episodes of the College Again podcast. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. 
From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.